Welcome to Mike's Camera Action. I'm your host, Carl, and today, much like Valentine's Day every year, I am all by my lonesome. This week, we're looking at the story of a Wyoming couple that rose out of their small town to become one of the most powerful married couples in American history. It's the story of a young man down on his luck, turning his life around for the woman he loves. It's the story of a man with a weakened heart, who despite his political affiliations, chose to support his daughter unconditionally when she came out as a lesbian. It's the story of a politician whose rise to power makes Frank Underwoods look like a fairy tale in comparison. It's the story of the man who would push America into invading Iraq for oil and indirectly cause ISIS. No, it's not an anthology. These are all the same person. We're looking at Vice, Adam McKay's film about the life of former Vice President of the United States, Dick Cheney. Vice has been nominated for seven Academy Awards this year, so I want to dig into some of those and why I think this film deserves to be nominated. First off, we have Best Actor. Christian Bale kills it as Dick Cheney. First off, he ages 40 years through this movie and gains 45 pounds over the course of it. Bale also nails the mannerisms and speech of Cheney, both in the way his words creep out of the corner of his mouth and those grim ums and ahs. I also firmly believe that silence is often stronger than speech. When Dick is silent, you can see so much going through his mind. Bale doesn't just sit there, he looks like he's processing with the weight of the world upon him as he tries to think ten steps ahead of it. One of my favourite scenes in this film takes place in Cheney's bathroom as he contemplates the position of George W. Bush's running mate. The action is simple, he brushes his teeth and gargles mouthwash, but the whole time he's thinking and there's this intensity and thought right behind his eyes. Next up, it's Supporting Actor. Unfortunately, I'm a little disappointed on this front, because the nomination went to Sam Rockwell for his, portray- for his portrayal of George W. Bush, who I think did an incredible job. But I was just disappointed by how little of, the- of him there was. There was maybe 10 minutes of screen time. I know, that it's- I know it's about the VP, but Rockwell just played the part so well, and I wish there was more. This also feeds into hair and makeup, since Rockwell was given a prosthetic nose and lips to make him look the part, and he really does exa- look exactly like Bush. As for Best Supporting Actress, we have Amy Adams as Lynn Cheney, who I think does a great job playing someone who, until I'd seen this, never considered the idea that she was worse than Dick. Vice does a great job of showing the role women played in this story. When Dick was at his lowest point, drinking himself stupid in Wyoming, Lynn forces him to get his act together. When Cheney's heart keeps him from campaigning, who goes on the trail and gets him those votes? It's Lynn. Then we have Directing. I think some of the best and worst elements of this film are due to its direction. It's a mostly serious biopic, but I remember at least four or five moments that actually made me laugh, one of them being when the narrator talks about Cheney's ability to present a completely stupid idea as a good idea. In that scene, we see Cheney in the Oval Office with President Gerald Ford as he proposes they'll put tiny wigs on their penises and parade them around on the lawn like a puppet show, and everyone just kind of agrees with him and says, I love puppet shows! Another was after Cheney steps away from politics. We get the typical based-on-a-true-story ending, with a montage, swelling music, and text popping up on screen telling us that he would later go on to become CEO of Halliburton, spend all his time with his family in Virginia, always put his youngest daughter first, breed award-winning golden retrievers, never step foot in the public eye or politics ever again. At this point, I had to stop and say, hold up, even I know that's not right. And the scene only went on to confirm that as soon as the credits started rolling, and we hadn't even gotten to the Bush administration. Adam McKay did a great job of setting expectations at the beginning of this film, when the text on screen said, We don't know all the facts. The Cheneys were very secretive. But we did our fucking best. So when Lynn and Cheney break into a Shakespearean soliloquy about the role of vice president that sounds like it's straight out of Macbeth, you're not surprised. 
nor is it much of a shock when we're presented with human rights violations and legal loopholes shown as if there were items on a restaurant menu, with Donald Rumsfeld ending the scene saying, We'll have all of it! I heard there was a musical number two, but it was cut because it detracted too much from the tone of the film, but I hope they add there's a special feature on the DVD. Sadly, I think the film loses a bit of steam towards the end. The pacing started to lose me in the third act, and I don't think they spent enough time trying to explain the deal with Halliburton. We get a lot of time devoted to the unitary executive theory that lit Cheney and Bush invade Iraq, but we don't get enough on why and his motivation except for five seconds with the map of Iraq's oil fields and an end card stating that Halliburton's stock rose 500% during the Bush's administration. I wish we got more of that, and the deals leading up to it. Finally, we have the big one, Best Picture. I think the message of this film is a little tangled and also entirely subjective, so I'll give my take on it. On the one hand, the meaning is that Dick Cheney is a monster, could be taken from it. It sure makes him out to be one, aside from the women that humanize him, which we don't really get the same way with Lynn, hence why it feels like this move almost made her out to be a worse person than him. Of course, then there's the narrator, who I can't remember the name of the actor, but thanks to Hello Internet and CGP Grey, he'll always be stuck in my mind as Fat Matt Damon from Black Mirror. He plays a veteran, who we see several times in the film, he tells us very early on that he's related to Cheney, but that he'd get into how later. The reveal for how comes in this shocking moment as he's struck by a car and killed. Turns out our trusty narrator is the donor who saves Cheney's life. I can't help but find this strange for a few reasons. The first is that I don't know much about how organ donors work, but would it be on public record whose heart goes to what patient? Would it be possible to confirm that Cheney's heart transplant was taken from this specific Iraq war veteran? Is this a metaphor for Dick Cheney surviving on the pain and death of the United States Armed Forces? I think you could certainly argue that point, especially with the figures it throws up on screen at the end. Also, when the narrator is on the slab, he says Cheney refers to it as his new heart instead of my heart, and how that's a really shitty feeling. I wonder how personal the donor process is, because I think if I never knew the donor, was never told their name, or met their family, while very thankful for it, I mean this is literally life or death we're talking about, but I think I might refer to it the same way. I think the most important message of this film is in its final act. It's not about Cheney, it's about America now. The context of a film is everything to do with it, and in the wake of political scandals and abuses of executive power, Vice is a film about the people who practically wrote the book on abusing executive authority. Cheney and Rumsfeld have those ever-important lines, if the president does it, it's not illegal, and the United States can't torture people, so if the US does it, it's not torture. Cheney stacks the deck so hard in his favor, even treating George W. Bush as most trusted as potential enemies. He puts his people in every position, ensuring that not only is he in the room where it happens, he's in every room where anything happens. Stick around for the mid-credits scene, here we have a great scene showing how Trump supporters aren't in his field because they love and support Trump, but because they hate what they perceive to be libtards, and he's just the one sticking it to them. Do I think Vice is a flawless film? No. But I recommend the hell out of it. And it's what the last three seasons of House of Cards should have been. It's surprising, it's dramatic, it's got some laughs, and hell, I'd recommend it just for the performances. I'll end this episode on this little note. Anchorman was right. Brick did go on to work in the Bush administration. Next week we'll be looking at another Best Picture nominee, The Favourite.